0: and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Preview for the North Queensland Cowboys for 2024. Risen Cowboy followers in the house, Jake, I'm host, and Riley here. To rip through this one with me, Riley. How's it going, mate? Good to be back on the mic for NL Fantasy.
1: Good, Jakey. Yeah, we're back together tonight. So hopefully, Telstra's on our side listeners, and can get through a full <laughs> pod without a glitz.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but
1: before we start, make sure you join all the fun on
0: social media. See us at Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Talking League One on Twitter. You can find all our info at www.talkingleague.com. So, Riley, let's take us through the Cowboys season for 2023. Uh, Pretty disappointing year for the Cowboys in my opinion, but what what went right for the Cowboys, what went wrong and what's the differences for this season?
1: Yeah, Joggy, it was pretty underwhelming. uh, Finishing 11th conclusion of the season, number of injuries, suspensions and an underdone pre-season due to a World Cup hangover, I think, were big contributing factors. Still look at Drinkwater in the spine, he was absolutely outstanding again and uh, found his way into the New South Wales squad for Game 3, but the likes of Robson, Lolo... Did and then Townsend all struggled to form combinations. So I think another pre-season together, um, Peyton came out a few weeks ago and said in an interview, they're a number of weeks ahead of where they were this time last year. So expect the boys to hit the ground running um, 2024 and a bit of a bounce-back factor this year, I think. Awesome. So on the gains here, we got
0: Jake Clifford going, uh, coming from Hull FC. Thomas McKayley coming from the Titans, um, DeJazari pua and Viliami Balea from the Warriors, so pretty handy pick up there in the outside backs as well. Uh, the losses, we've lost Peter Hiku really, so I'm sure we're not uh, too worried about that. I'm sure we can get a better replacement than Peter Hickey. He's off the Super League. Sylvester Namo, Riley Price, and James Tum now retired. Looking at the first five games for the Cowboys, we've got the Dolphins away, Knights at home, Dragons away, Broncos away, and Titans at home. So pretty good draw for us starting off. So we'll see how that goes. But, Riley, we'll jump straight into it. How good is this bloke? That's right, our stud. So this one's pretty obvious for me. Um... I think it's Scotty Drinkwater, 715k, um, the average just over that keeper status at wing of fullback last year at 50.1. So what do you like here about Scotty Drinkwater, mate? Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious for Cowboys supporters that he's a gun out the
1: back, but fantasy-wise, what does he bring to the table? Well, I think a lot of us started last year with him, Jake, as a keeper wing fullback, and I think he burnt some of us, such as yourself, so... Back-to-back seasons as a keeper wing fullback option. I think we really do need to look at the likes of him and KP if you do want to spend up big this year in the wing fullbacks. The big thing for the Cowboys is a lot of their attacking structures do come off him. So last season we look at 0.5 per try, 1.2 try assists, 0.7 line breaks and 1.5 line break assists per game. So it gives him a huge ceiling, a strong ball runner with 157 run metres and 4.6 tackle busts per game. The demerits, though, do hinder his consistency, and his style of gameplay does give him a lower floor there with 1.4 errors and 2.3 missed tackles per game, with a lower score of 10. We do see, though, there is only four scores below 30, so a decent player, when you are paying up sort of over that 700k, you do want to sort of sit around those 50 scores every week,
0: yeah, which is pretty key. I reckon that's a good point, too. Like, you, it, it is a fullback as well. So, your guns, you also, you're always going to have those low scores. So, even Tenny in his heyday, he, was, he always had that score of, you know, 10 uh, within him or a score of a 4 or a 15 or just one of those real down weeks. And it, they also get outweighed by the massive 80 or 90 point scores they get in their big games with the score and try, setting up setting up tries and so on. So, I think with Drinkwater, like, I did go in that, I did have them at the start of last season where, it, and that's the risk you play with fullbacks. So they do get off to a slow start. Um, Their floors are generally lower than, you know, your forwards, your halves, and their ceilings are higher. So it's a lot of risk-reward there. So uh, interesting one, I don't think I'll be getting – I think I've learned my lesson. I don't think I'll be starting with a very expensive wing of fullback and centres this year. So – I think I'll be saying way, but I think Scotty Drinkwater is definitely one of the run home, especially the Cowboys um, improved their form on last year and get themselves as the top eight, a few more attacking stats as well. So
1: The added thing he does have there, too, Jake, he's a little bit of a kicking game as well. So, an extra few points um, a week does add up as well. A great early season buy schedule. So, probably not one to strongly consider to start with to start the season, but one you could potentially look at if you did want to uh, look at a little bit of a pot option.
0: Awesome. So we'll jump into our next stud, and that is Reese Robson. So uh, 660K, average of 48 from last season. So he is priced pretty highly up there. He's sort of on that borderline uh, keeper status. So I know I picked him up at the end of last season. He, he was good for a few weeks, and then he sort of plummeted off to the end of the year. So he's, I personally for me, I see him playing that 80-minute role Again uh, at Hooker, um, I know Granville's there on the bench, but I think he's pretty much playing that mid position, um, same as last year, and just sort of filling in the outside backs wherever we get an injury. So um, I do like. Re- Reese Robson as a solid option. Whether he becomes a part of it, you know, your final seventeen or not, is another question. So, what's your sort of sort of thoughts on that? Do you think it's worth having Reese Robson just for that security of a, you know, closer fifty average for the season, or, or, or again spend a bit higher on uh, a
1: hooker? I'm going to say no, Jakey, for a couple of reasons. So, last year I started with Robson, and um, a lot of the other boys at Talking League started with Grant. And For some reason, Robson just seemed to score ten less points every week compared to Grant. Crunched a few numbers, and we sort of project Robson to average similar to last year, so projected out at about 49. Cowboys don't have an early buy-up until round 13, so he's going to play those 13 games, which equate to 637 fantasy points. You look at someone like Harry Grant, who I'm pretty keen on as well. You've got Joey Lassik, who's or Brendan Hans are going to come to the equation as well. That starting hooker at Parramatta, but we focus on Grant. We project him to average, I think, quite easily 56. Probably not going to play the 80 minutes. It'll be more sort of the 65 to 70, I think, every week. He does have an early buy, though, in round four. So 12 games at 56 is 672 fantasy points plus 40 points. So I'm going to throw Cheese in there again. I'd say fair chance (laughs) I do start with him. Not again. (laughs) 40 points from him gets you up to 712 fantasy points. So... You're only 100 points ahead by going the Grant Cheese route compared to going Robson. So for the listeners out there who are considering going Robson, just look at Grant. Spending up that extra close to 100k is worth it, and especially in the early rounds, you don't want to get uh, left behind the starting pack because it is forever to, takes forever to catch up, and I just couldn't seem to make up ground last year no matter what I did. So <laughs> trade choice didn't work out, but, yeah, you need to start strong, and I think you, if you are going to go a gun hooky, you need to just pay up. I, program, guns, I, believe, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I agree there as well and it's very very old school sort of fancy coaching guns and value players so guns and cash cows pretty much and does Reese Robson fall under the value probably not he's probably priced at what he's going to score at and yeah is he a gun you probably think Cookie and Granty probably two highest hookers for the season so doesn't fit into a gun not a not a value player yeah probably not but if there is someone in this Cowboys team you do want, he's probably up there. But I guess not for us. Yes, yeah. it was a season. Yeah. Moving on, uh, we'll move to our no, no, Thanks, no, man. no, no. And our duds. So I think this was pretty obvious for us. So I think Chad Townsend and Tob Dearden. Uh, Townsend's averaging average thirty six last year. and and thirty eight uh, Cowboys halves. They tend to share the kick meters a fair bit. tend to share sort of that role of steering the. Uh, ship around, attacking stats. They're probably – they're both – well, Dearden's a pretty good defender, um, but he does miss a few, and said it's not the best defender as well. So they sort of share those points around, share the base stats around, and none of them really take the super dominant route and get those big points. Um, anything from you rather than these two guys? Just clear avoids.
1: Yeah, both sort of mid-30 averages there, Jakey. Priced it sort of where they are. So look at those mid ranges. I think they are sort of clear avoids to start the season. The big. I suppose let down from a fantasy perspective was Deaton last season. We did see his average regress a little bit due to some drop in attacking stats. So I think both those boys are better draft options. You know you're gonna, that you know they're gonna be there week in week out for the Cowboys. So I think better late pickups uh, as a second half to partner in draft. Yeah, awesome.
0: sounds good with me.
1: Um, we'll move on to our
0: cashy. So. Um, We've actually gone through the entire team list and we could not find a single cashier that we like that's just going to be around for round one. I think this is the case with a lot of Cowboys because we have a pretty well set out structure. Our team's not going to change too much year on year, oh, from this year compared to last year. So all those averages are sort of locked in place. Everyone's sort of scoring already at what their role is. So we've sort of gone through and had a look at a few of these cashies that might actually jump up if there's an injury. Um, so this is in the outside backs of the forwards. So we've gone through a few here. Um, so the first one we got is wing a winger fullback, and that's Tommy Chester. Um, 337K, had a few games last year, uh, but only average 24, so still nicely priced. So Chester's mostly a fullback. So this is a good one if uh, drink water gets injured. So Tommy Chester, keep this on your watch list. Um had three starts at fullback, averaged forty-two, so a lot of potential there um, to make a bit of coin for us if he does get some opportunity throughout the season. Had hundred average hundred about one hundred fifty-four runner meters, three tackle breaks, so he's a very good runner of the ball, and he seems like one of those players that's just going to stick around the Cowboys for a few years. Uh, local boy, and he's loving playing up there under Peyton. So, anything else
1: on Tommy Chester? Do you think he's an option if we if we, moving forward, if we do find one of those outside backs get an injury? I think he's definitely an option you need to keep on your radar there, Jakey. As you mentioned, Peyton does love his attitude. He did spend a lot of the 2023 preseason training in the centres as well, so puts a little bit of pressure on there, um, guessing that Zach Labour will take up Hiku's vacated centre spot, so a little bit of pressure on him to perform as well. I do think if we do have an injury at uh, fullback, in any of the outside back positions, halves, even potentially a lock forward role um, if Granville was to go down as well. There is a potential for Chester to fill that. So he's very versatile um, there and where he can play. So definitely one to keep uh, your watch on, I think.
0: Awesome. So we'll keep Tommy Chester just on the watch list in the time, Ben. Uh, moving on, we've got Kuli Kefu, Finny Fuyaki now Man, I was at Magic Round last year and he I can't remember if it was his debut or one of his first or second games, but he absolutely lit it up in Magic Round. Um, just a, so much impact of the bench. He's a big, busty, um, strong back rower who can break tackles, runs a good line. Didn't get too many minutes last year, so he only averaged 19. He's 270K. Um, and obviously the Cowboys are just stacked with back rows. And Luciano Lallua, Nanai, uh, Jeremiah Nanai and Hill and Luki. Um But... For he fits that same sort of role as them. Um, did have that PPM of zero point seven one as well, so pretty good for a second round. Not the best, but if he does get those minutes, I'm really liking him. Uh, we are going to have to wait for a bit of an injury. Um, what's your thoughts on him, Roll?
1: Is he gonna is he going to get this a chance this year to show
0: what he can do in big minutes?
1: I think he will get a chance at some point, Jakey. You see it now in origin as well. You also just need one injury there in uh, the back row as well. I think uh, with Finafoliaki as well. We just need to give him at least one or two dates if we do pick him up, though, because the output and the minutes is still slightly unknown. A career PPM of 0.71 so far. So he has had one start in the second row, 47 minutes for 18 fantasy points. Defensively, he does have some issues, though. Eight missed tackles uh, in round 27 against Penrith, where uh, he was absolutely schooled. So I think just give him at least one or two dates uh, just to see the role and the minutes in that team, and if he's going to be worth 150k, because when we are making trades, we need to keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, what do you reckon the
0: best structure for the Cowboys' second row is? Like you said, obviously you have that uh, Nani, Luciano, Alay-Lua, Hill, and Luki. You know, obviously Luciano lately, lua sort of filled that role last year, playing that 80 minutes role with Nanai and Luki being having those suspensions and injuries. What's your, oh, oh no, as a Cowboys fan, what's that ideal back row and? Is Fini still the fourth in the line or do you see you reckon he could even play some minutes in the middle as well?
1: I think he's the fourth in line, Jakey, and Peyton sort of showed his hand a little bit last year. He did, did sort of only uh, stick on that right edge. So I think we do look for Leilua and Nanai uh, to start in the second row for the Cowboys this season for Luki and Fina to come off the bench. You'll see Luki uh, slipping on the left-hand side there, and Lalua potentially plays a little bit of a hybrid role through the middle. Nanai potentially slips back to sort of a 60- to 65-minute role as well as we sort of blood that youngster um, as the next man up. So we will speak about Nanai shortly. But, yeah, I think there is going to be a little bit of movement in that back row, um, and it's just sort of a watch particularly as well. He needs to have a couple of dates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just mentioning his name, but... Yeah, absolute trap. Jeremiah Nanai, 549k, averaged 39.9 last year. We all loved him two years ago when he made his debut and made a bulk of money for us scoring a bunch of tries. Uh, But sort of had a a little bit of an off year last year. Obviously, he had that massive year coming off the World Cup. Um, Really young I think just struggled injury-wise and just to get that consistency last year. Um, Regression of 0.3 in Tries in 2023 and just a little bit less work rate as well, less tackles, more missed tackles, a few more, a uh, few less run meters. So, just like all round, just slightly down compared to normal. Um, yeah, I I know he's a great player, but personally for me, I think Nanoi fits into that role where he's more a good MRL player and not a fancy player just purely because of that base. What's your, what's your thoughts there, Rod? Do, do you
1: think Nanai is? just not an option at all. He, he's a bit of a highlight trail player, Jakey, so you sort of see he's a bit of an aerial target for the Cowboys on that right edge as well. Priced at 549K, pretty much where he has averaged there at nearly 40 points last year. So, again, another mid-ranger. His role hasn't changed, potentially even lessens this year um, with Finna Finofu- uh, Finofu- um taking leaps and bounds last year and potentially some minutes off him last year uh, – this year, sorry – Look at three scores of 20 or below and three scores above 50 across thirteen appearances. So there's a lot of variation in there. And when you're paying 550K, that fluctuation and point scoring each week is hard to balance. You sort of do want to bank on um, an average scorer. For 50K less, you got someone like Angus Crichton, uh, I think you would be better off looking at. So, yeah, just watch Nana, I think, to start the season and see what plays out at the Cowboys there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah,
0: definitely agree with you there. Uh, and it just seems like if, if he could just tidy up that defence a little bit more, if Peyton can somehow just get a bit of consistency into him and just make him clean up those tackle uh, missed tackles and do a little bit more. Um, he obviously is still young, so there's still potential for him in the future. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree. This season, he's just not really one to look for. Maybe in draft, if you want somewhere around that 40 average mark, if you've got a big league, um, he, he's definitely an option there. He's probably going to play Origin as well, um, you think. So another reason for him to be in that trap of category so yeah uh just steer clear of jeremiah Nanai. um moving on we've actually created a different session because we didn't have too many cashies to talk about we have actually created a three-day section so uh these are players that are sort of on the border on of being keepers but probably ones you don't want to take the risk too early on the season um first off we got reuben cotter so um He's a mid, 587K, averaged 42 last year. So that's a 10-point regression compared to his output in 2022. So not the best there for Ruben Cotter. Um, Did struggle with a little bit of injuries last year, a bit of second-year fever in that that lock role. Um, He's probably going to be moving to the – well, obviously moving to the front row with Lolo back permanently now. So – uh, much, they both pretty much share the same role, don't they, anyway? Even though they've got an 8 or a 13 on the back, they're both sort of playing that – Cowboys do play that three-prop sort of middle role. Some of them link up a little bit with the ball, but majority of the time they're used to tackle and take it up. So Ruben Cod for me, definitely one to watch. Um, we did see he has done it in the past. He has had those big numbers in the past. But what's your thoughts here on Ruben Codd? Do you think he can get back to being that study he was in 2022?
1: I think we're going to three-date both of these boys for a reason, Jakey, because they are going to attract a fair bit of attention during the preseason. They are both at juicy prices. Look at Lolo; he did spend a lot of time out of the team last year due to injury, and coming back in, Cotters' output and act minutes actually do reduce. So, last year, averaging fifty-one fantasy points uh, in fifty-seven minutes, um, without with without Lolo in the team, sorry, and then forty-one points in fifty-two minutes. Uh, when Lola is playing. So a fair bit of a difference there um, in his output. So I think he's just one to watch. At that price, you're taking a punt on a mid-ranger, so you need him to definitely go on and be a keeper mid. Um, in addition to his injury history as well, the track record uh, doesn't show he can consistently do this because he has only been a keeper for one season as well. You look at someone like Cheese, and I hate to say it, but he does have that hooker, um mid-ranger. Mid, hooker tag there, which is going to be very handy for that little bit of cover as well, particularly if we are, we do go with one hooker there in Joey Lusk or Harry Grant. So, again, he will play state of origin, which me- does mean he misses uh, rounds 12 and 13, buys in 16 and 19. Then he may not play or back up uh, on reduced minutes in 14, 17 and 20. So, if you do start with him, he is probably going to be a sell at that round 12 mark anyway. So, plan that trade in your books, I think. And exactly as we said before, that
0: old-fashioned guns and value players that we talk about—is he a gun? Like even when you think about it, you got guys like Payne Haas, Cameron Murray, Isaiah. Yo, all these guys averaging close to sixty. Um, they play Origin, same as Ruben Cotter, so they're going to be sort of same availability, but just going to be average that ten to fifteen points higher. They're the guys you want to sort of lock in. Um, so I, th- I think Ruben Cotter, to me, definitely just sort of that. Wait those three rounds and just check to see what his output is this season.
1: We look at Joey Tarpany last year, I'd probably compare him a little bit similar. Rubes potentially doesn't have the attacking output, but Tarpany was playing that 50 55 minutes, and there's a lot of people sort of weren't happy with his output when you are paying up for him. So I would sort of steer clear and either pay up for a paint harse. Paddy Carrigan's now getting thrown around as well uh, as a Definitely, gun keep mid to start with. So, definitely steer clear of rubes, I think, and at least give him a couple of dates.
0: Awesome.
1: And we'll move on to our
0: last player for the night, and that's Jason Tamalolo. Uh, mid four hundred sixty-eight k, and averaged thirty-four last year. So, who would have thought a Jason Tamalolo in the absolute dumps as a fantasy player is just I know for me, he's, he's just getting you know, a little bit too older these days. His body's not holding up like it used to. Um, just doesn't have that output like the Cowboys 10-year deal. They've they did pretty well for the first four or five years He's playing like about a 1.3 million dollar player But now it's getting so to good get towards the second half of this deal. It's definitely uh, the value starting to drop off So um, he's still great for experience around the club and everything So he's still a big cog in this side, but fancy wise his numbers are sort of going then I sort of compare him a little bit to him uh, a bit like a Jesse Bromwich back in the day when he was an absolute, when he was back in his early days at the Storm, he was season, season in, season out, keeper. Every season, just start Jesse Bromwich, wouldn't play origin, averages 50, good to go. And then eventually, when the Storm got a few more forwards to help him out, um, his role sort of diminished a little bit and he just shared a bit of the workload around, which I think Jason Tello is definitely doing now. You've got the likes of Ruben Cotter, uh, Cohen Hester back in the middle playing really well, and all these gun back rowers it' really just hasn't, doesn't need to do as much. So, definitely a three date for me. Um, there is value if if somehow he gets back to his glory days. There is some sort of value in 34, uh, price at 34, but yeah, too much for a risk personally, especially with some of his track record of injuries. you
1: have any thoughts on Lowell at all? Are you, are you going anywhere near him? I don't think so, Jakey. I did have a little bit of a play with him in my side just because he is a Cowboys player, yeah. but. Sort of crunching a few numbers. He is playing approximately 10 less minutes per game with that stacked bench. There's just too many mouths to feed in that pack. He's making 7 to to 10 less tackles per game and 50 less run metres. So that's compared to 2019-2020 when he was an absolute gun. Crunching a few numbers, though, he needs to average mid-40s to be a viable trade. So if we project him at a PPM of 0.75, which is fairly reasonable, was 0.81 in 2021 and 2022 and 0.7 in 2023. So a little bit of an average there. Lilo needs to play 60 minutes per game, and I don't really see how that's achievable in a Cowboys pack with 240 minutes minutes available. You've got Cotter sort of around that 50-55 mark. Hess at 45. Granville's going to take 30. You've got Griffin Neem who come on in leaps and bounds last year. He's probably... Secured forty minutes, and you've got uh, Luchile Lua, who's probably going to take twenty-five to thirty there in a hybrid role between the mid and the edge. So, leave sort of forty-five to fifty minutes for Lilo, which is where I see him sitting at this year. So, again, he's probably ten minutes short of having that uh, enough value in him to have that one hundred and fifty k. So. Probably a steer clear for me, and again, why always in this three-day category. Yes, absolutely, and I,
0: I, think that's just been a bit of the trend for the night. There's a bit probably a bunch of players that have you know their roles really looked in very similar to last year. They're all sharing the workload around, uh, and they're getting on it. Uh, question for the end of the show: Do you have any cowboys in your side currently? No, I don't. No, you don't, <laughs> and neither do I. So, as Cowboys fan, that's pretty disappointing. Uh, but I'm sure close to the team list there'll be some injuries in the trials, and maybe some few surprise packets that we don't know of yet. So hopefully uh, for Cowboys fans, uh, we wait and see till then. But for the time being, don't really have my too many Cowboys at the moment. So stay clear and um, see what happens close to the team list. But there else, thanks for jumping on. It's been a great night. Nice in studio here in Rocky. So uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next show.
1: Sounds good, Jakey.
0: Touches.